0: So I was listening to your podcast. Can you yeah. can you say can you say cheese?
1: Cheese. <laughs> oh, there you
0: go. See, it's so much cooler, and I can't do it. My I tried doing it the other day, and my brother was like, "Don't even try." <laughs> it's like, you sound
1: so uncool. Wait, try, so it. Like, try it. Try it. Try it. Cheese. <laughs> oh,
0: so
1: bad. It, isn't it? it doesn't. It doesn't like. It just doesn't plug. come out. No, there's the you add a little pause in there. It's like cheese. yeah if it doesn't flow naturally then yeah maybe you shouldn't
0: hello and welcome to in all fairness where i aim to address modern day millennial dilemmas the ups and downs of hashtag adulting and encourage everyone to be okay with not being okay in all fairness we're only human and we weren't meant to be perfect yeah do you want to just um, start off by introducing yourself
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So, hi, everyone. My name is Dami, Dami Eden. Um, I work in digital marketing, um, which is super fun if you work in fashion and sports, which is what I'm doing, which is is great. I love it. Um, I'm also a millennial as well, if you you didn't work out. Um, And I have my own podcast called Garden of Eden. Um, Any guesses on where the uh, (laughs) name comes from, prize for you, just DM me. Um so the podcast is a platform which uh, where I talk to different creators and find out about their trials and tribulations and what kind of planted the seed for them to um, start developing their skills and you know any advice they have for people who want to uh, who want to follow similar paths and also I think it's a really good platform for us to have maybe or for us to find like different nuances because I feel like sometimes you know people can say that are oh, we having the same conversation again but I think it's important to have the same conversations or the same topics talk about the same topics with different people because there's some little nuances and just the way someone says something even though it's the same there's something slightly different which hits someone else a certain way and then makes them take action or change so I think um, that's what I try and offer with the platform. And I also have a book coming out soon. So yeah. whoops. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> <to> me.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we'll touch on the book in a bit, actually. Um really interested in hearing more about that. So I know that you have in particular been really impacted, um, I mean everybody has by the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that sort of happened after George Floyd um mm-hmm. was brutally killed. And I've known you for a very brief amount of time, but, and I've always sort of known you as this kind of, well, I say always known you, I've known you in that brief amount of time as this like big hearted person, but I forget, and I've got a lot of other friends as well. And you kind of forget that underlying layer that you have to your past.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything that's happened in the last few months, I imagine, you know, just seeing your from your Instagram stories that you've sort of had to relive those traumatic experience and it's really come to the surface how has that Mm. been for you like what has the movement meant for you and what do you think it means for society
1: so um this time like this specific occasion i think there were so many different factors to why it basically dominated the media waves like it it's on socials on tv it's literally everywhere it's like suffocated the conversations that people are having, I guess, because lockdowns happened, not many things are happening um, socially to distract us. So it was like, we have to look at this issue now. And what also ar- arose from that was um, just gen- like general conversations about race. Because usually when, when those events happen and they're really sad and, and heartbreaking, the topic is usually focused on br- police brutality, specifically. Mm-hmm whereas with this time it was like there was a pouring of emotion and like the black community were mourning over things that they've had to to experience and one of the things that really hit me was i started to see a lot of people posting about their experiences which i have experienced myself so for example um just a simple one which you 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 it's it's crazy because in my head, a lot of these situations that I was seeing, I've kind of normalized, I've kind of accepted in some way and, and, and just thought, oh, yeah, you know, this is what I have to live through. So one of the examples is, you know, going to a, a shop or, like, a supermarket or clothing store or wherever and being followed by security happens pretty much every day for me. Um, obviously, being a black man as well, there's a there's a stigma of us being, like, threatening and dangerous and criminal, so I think that plays into why that situation happens, even being accused of stealing when, you know, like, when you browse for items on the shelves, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, I'm a bit of a thrifty shopper, yeah, so I like <laughs> to look at a few things, compare prices, and then be like, mm, do I want that, or could I get something better there? Like, that's that's the way I've been raised, just... You know, make your money really stretch. Um, so I, I like to look at things and be like, do I want this? <laughs> and in doing that and in shopping that way, I've been accused of stealing numerous times. And just seeing some of those things and t- seeing people talk about them and they're really pained by it, it just, yeah, it really sent me to a, like, first a reflective p- place and then. A place of real sadness that, whoa, we've normalized this stuff. And and what really strikes me more is people who maybe people who are non-black responding, being like, oh my God, this is shocking. Wow. And their shock and their surprise at these situations being real shows just how bad it is, right? Yeah. But we've normalized them. So
0: it's true. It's almost like if you don't recognize that racism exists it almost it highlights your own privilege in a way so Mm. like and it was and it was an awakening for me as well like to hear some of those stories and I sat there thinking well you know I've always had a bit of a positive or more of a positive experience and then discussing it with friends they were like well that's that just that just shows that you're you've got that privilege that for some reason or another you haven't had to deal with the effects of racism as much as other people have. And and then that just, that highlights those discrepancies. And, and it just, I think, you know, touching on what you said about, you know, going into shops and stuff, like that fear of just, that fear of just being yourself. I mean, if anyone knows you, I mean, the, the smile on your face is one of the biggest I've ever seen. You're just this big hearted person. I don't, and it just, it, it's oh. bizarre to me that people would, you know, it's just it's crazy to think that, you know, you have that fear growing up, that just being yourself is going to put you a step back from someone else just because they look different. I mean, it's good as well that kind of lockdown has perpetuated this, the change and people have really been able to reflect on these issues.
1: And I, yeah. and I think as well, um, it's, it's kind of, I think there's been a lot of ignorance to the existence of racism because it's not visceral as maybe people understand it to be. So I think there's also been that, like, usually when we have conversations about racism as a society, what I've noticed anyway, is that it usually, people usually only tend to really think of it in visceral, like people calling someone the M word or saying like, go back to your country or attacking someone because they're black or or these kind of things which you know there's still a problem here in the usa wherever else in europe like there's pockets of areas where this is something that you'll have to face and stand in front of but because i think today the understanding is that if that's not happening then obviously racism is better and it doesn't exist and you know Oh, you know, yeah. There's a few people that still perpetuate, it, but it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Is is what a lot of people believe, but um, I think once you once people have conversations with black people and ask them about their experiences, there's a lot of these incidences where you know, like you can feel this projection being put onto you, and. The main reason is because of the color of your skin. So, things like the, the shop example is, is one which, you know, when I talk to my white friends about it or people who are non black um, about that experience, it's shocking. And, you know, the only difference is the appearance of skin. Like, we'll even talk, even, even comparing to like some of my white friends who wear hoodies and wear maybe clothes that may be associated with some kind of persona will still not have that so that just highlights how i'm being like how me and other black people are being stereotyped and i think understanding that the visceral forms of racism aren't there yet if the mindsets are there then they okay maybe those people understand okay i can't just like go around saying some mad shit or um do something a bit crazy but it might manifest in how they treat someone when they're maybe serving them uh, in a shop, or job interviews, or um, I don't know when certain neighbors move in, how they mm. how they ostracize them or make them feel unwelcome because they don't want them to live next door to them. Just and and loads of different other examples. Um, I think that's the understanding that is the most important thing to come out of this wave that the subtle forms of racism are still well and truly alive and we feel it. And it's not, it's not nice. I think
0: it's the idea that I think the UK, we, we kind of hold this superiority over the U S like we're in this denial that racism doesn't exist here. It's, it's Mm. bad. Just because we've got, we haven't got armed police officers, We've, you know, we've got a long standing history of colonialism and, and, and the empire. And mm. there's a lot of systemic racism here, like, and like you, you touched on the, it's the idea of these learned prejudice, like learned prejudices, you know, if you've grown up, if I've grown up, always seeing a black man getting stopped, or always getting a like seeing a black man getting, um, you know, unfairly arrested. That then, you know, creates, it ingrains in your subconscious, like this prejudice. And then over time, Mm. you know, it becomes an unlearned racism. And I think that's what hopefully this movement is trying to unpick is like, we need to unlearn all of those things that have been ingrained into our subconscious. And, Mm. you know, you don't have to be actively racist. Like you said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just mean, you know, people saying the N word or whatever, like you don't have to be actively racist for racism to exist in society. Mm. And. Yeah, I think I'm picking that for people. It's uncomfortable to for them to recognize that it exists still and it's it's so under the it's, it's just so swept under the rug like what did I think it was Martin Luther King called it negative peace, where it's kind of just this this idea that's like, it's like swept under the rug Um mm. And that's still such an issue. For, and it's a very British thing as well. When you think about it, it's like this faux politeness, yeah. like this <laughs> passive aggressive, like faux politeness. Oh, we're not as bad yeah. as the US just because we don't run around with guns. And, you know, like, but, mm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a microaggressions, there's a lack of representation, hate crimes, you know, just stereotypes and all of that. And that mm. really feeds into a, re, a more, I'd say it's a deeper level of racism than when you've just got mm. the brutality mm. that, that you see in the US.
1: Yeah, and and I think the the important thing to to realize from that is from 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 those subtle forms is the, these mindsets and these ideas. So it can start off with maybe you know, like you said, having the prejudices of certain people, and then you know making jokes about them, and then then seeing certain things that may. So you have these racist ideas and beliefs, and then you look for things to prove, like. Uh, Confirmation bias, I think it's called, mm. right? Where you, uh, you look out and think, okay, well, this is happening. Um, you know, I'm seeing more black people get stopped and searched. I'm seeing more of them go to jail. I'm seeing um, articles about either them doing uh, like stabbings or murder or fraud or whatever. The, the, the crime is which every single human race has committed by the way that they attach to us um and then they're like well yeah this justifies my beliefs about these people without digging into the to the real source of the issue and i think because digging in is a painful for a lot of people like and and this is even me included with with anybody when someone addresses you and is like well you know there's some deeper issues at play here for why you have these beliefs it's a painful process because you have to like unroot um, everything you believe and kind of remodel, and yeah. it can be quite painful for a lot of people. So I think their response is just shy away from it. Not nah, doesn't exist. Push it away from me. I'm not racist. Doesn't exist. Move it away. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable with having this conversation. And and I think yeah, the British stiff upper, upper lip definitely plays a part in that. Like you seem to be just steady and calm at all times. No. We need to have the fucking conversation because people are tired, and I think that's what's happened. Like the lid's just blown off, and people are like, "Nah, we're not fucking having it anymore. We're gonna talk about it because we're tired. Well,
0: enough
1: is enough. Right? Yeah, yeah, no more. We're pulling the rug up. Look at look what's under this rug now. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid it. We're here to talk about all the dirt that's been pushed under here. So. Um, I think that's led to this, um, the situation we're in now, which I think is pretty good, actually.
0: I think it's frustrating for everybody because on one hand, it's like, you weren't speaking up before. Why are you speaking up now? I think the whole, you know, everybody, people who are getting a bit defensive saying they've never been racist in their life. And like you said, I'm finding then I'm kind of getting that stiff upper lip, like because I've never been racist. It's not an issue. It's not something that I necessarily need to address myself. But I think the whole point is being anti-racist and not, you know, not being racist isn't enough. You've got to be anti-racist. And um, if you weren't doing something about it before, if you weren't speaking up about it before, if you weren't defending your colleagues, you weren't defending your friends, it's better late than never. And if you feel that guilt from the past that of you not doing it, then it's something that you've got to accept. I think, I think people need to realize that we've got to sit with the guilt. Like all of us who haven't done our bit, me included, we've got to sit with that guilt that we weren't doing enough before, but onwards and upwards from here, we can do what we can with, you know, the resources that are available. There's so much, there's so much out there now, like, you know, educate yourselves, listen, read, and yeah, just sit with that uncomfortable feeling, but know that change will happen as a result. And we can't get defensive. You know, it's only human to have made those mistakes in the past. But I think there's also this, there's there's a sense of a lot of people gaslighting as well. Um, and I think that is more, that comes out of a place of being defensive because they, they don't understand. And they need to realize that it's not something they probably will ever understand. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be able to fully appreciate what, you, you know, You and the black community has been through, and like that, there's nothing I can do about that. But there is a lot of other things that I can do.
1: Yeah, like I agree. I think awareness is the most important issue, uh, or the most important thing. It's it's the start of change. And I think when you gaslight, like you like you mentioned, gaslight or in denial or refuse to to even engage in the conversations that happen from an, I guess, an open place. Like I think because I have seen a few occasions where people pretend they're engaging in a conversation, but really what they're trying to do is belittle what's happening under the guise of, Oh, we're just having a conversation. It's more being open to like with the people that are being open or people being open to learn and understand that maybe they have some prejudices. Like I am aware that even myself as a black man have prejudices, about black people and but the thing is because I'm aware of it I can I can respond appropriately so I feel it and I'm like oh shit it's that thing and you know what? that's really sad that I even know that I have them in my own head but because I'm aware of it and I'm super aware of it um I can then change my approach to that thought and be like, Oh no, I'm doing that thing. Okay. Yeah. This, this response that I had, isn't actually right. Let me address that. Um, so I think it's just the, the awareness is really the most important thing open to being aware that you contribute to this. Um, and I think it's like quite similar to like what's happened now is very similar to like, um, like the me too movement in how, It brought such mass awareness of things where, like for me, for for myself, um, when that happened, I wasn't super aware of a lot of the issues that women face, for example, and that really kind of opened up my mind. And then I was able to see a little bit, have a bit more insight into some of the things. And obviously, I will never understand like a similar kind of situation. I will never understand what it's like to be a woman, but it's allowed me to then have a few more of those conversations where then I can correct myself. Or if I see certain behavior, I can like step in and and help to improve, you know, women's experiences of of life. And I think that is pretty much the, the focus here. It's, it's not to say, Oh, you know, black people need to be treated specially. And I think that's another thing that I've taken from the people that are gaslighting. It's almost the, the energy I've seen from a lot of people is almost like they feel like they're not the most important thing or they, they feel so entitled to be like the default, you know, I'm white, this is my country, I'm British. Why are we talking about those people? Like, why are we focusing on them? Like, you know, why, why are we not having the attention? All
0: Lives Matter camp, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Or like, yeah, all lives matter, or white lives matter too, or whatever it mm. is. Like, the the entitlement is so woven into their being and they can't and and they think that this movement is to say no we need to just treat these people specially nah motherfuckers it's not that it's about bringing us up to a level because our lives are being um uh we're at a disadvantage so we're just saying listen let's focus on this area of society because at the moment because of something which, if you break it down, it's really trivial. The amount of melanin that's in my skin, which is contributed by the, the places that my ancestors were born in, because it's bare sunny, they have <laughs> melanin to protect their skin. Like Something so trivial, and now all these behavioral characteristics, which I need to say, exist in every human being. Every human being has the capacity to do things which are deemed as bad, evil, whatever, and good, um, philo- philanthropic, all, the, all these things that we associate with goodness, um, you know, taking care of community. All these values and traits and characteristics and behaviours lie in all of us. And I think the problem here is that we've associated a lot of the negative, at least in the Western world anyway, we've associated a lot of the negative behavioral characteristics with in this case skin color mm. which it's just it's just fucking stupid but yeah that that's like my little overview of, of that yeah. like gaslighting and everything but yeah
0: yeah yeah i think it just comes back down to like, no one was born racist but you know you just the, it's the learned prejudices and the the learned racism over time like, it's kind of just what you, and in school, like I, you know, they never touch on, um, you know, the, the slave trade they, they like barely pick on any of, any of that. So growing up, you don't even really appreciate the impact that just the British colony had on mm. in slavery, but you, we always kind of associate it as something that happened in the U S and even then, like, it's not touched on a great deal. Like we, we barely study it so you know we can't really appreciate the the history the history yeah. that, that your history uh britain's history and like white privilege is quite a controversial it's quite controversial because the whole premise or the concept isn't saying that because you're white means you're bad Um mm. and it's not it's not to say that because you're white your life is easy it's just saying that because of your skin tone, your life will not be harder. Yeah. We need to sort of understand the the system that has that they benefit from has actually come around from the oppression of a, a large group of people. And it's that that I think a lot of people need to start to understand. Like what is your what are your thoughts on how our history has kind of been narrated to us and that narrative, how is it how it's been yeah. twisted?
1: I, yeah. Um it's a really good point you brought up and I think that in a big way it contributes to how people may view um, others and and in this particular case um, black people and I think um, with the way and I'd be curious to hear like the experiences you've had of learning like schools version of black history Um, in my experience the only thing we were really taught were maybe if, like uh, we were taught in some micro detail about slavery, and then and then it ended, and then um, you know, and and it wasn't even just slavery; it was more like wow, these you know helpless black people, which that's like it awesome. happened, and then
0: it's just they don't mm. touch on it.
1: Yeah, but uh, and also they touch on it and it's the energy is almost like, oh, these helpless black people and slaves. And then, wow, this, um, this white guy comes to rescue them and then we <laughs> freed them and then everything was fine. And then suddenly the civil rights movement was happening in America. What, how did we fast forward here? And it, it's almost like th- what happens from that situation is that you as a kid, and especially if you're non-black, you might build this idea that, oh, wow, like the only representation of these people that I've seen in history is that they were pretty helpless and they were slaves and that, like, they're kind of lesser than and they like need help. And there's something inherent about these people which is, which makes them lesser than. And I think the context that needs to be provided, okay, colonization happened and I think it needs to be taught in its, in its, entirety so yeah you can include i guess some of the things which people might label as benefits of colonization because you know mixing of cultures and and things like that potentially you know you could touch on 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 maybe the small benefits but you need to talk about in its in, in its entirety like the british the britain went around and raped pillaged murdered stole from many, many, many countries around the world. And the premise behind it, because I think this is another important thing, like the way we learn about slavery, like the the transatlantic slavery, is like some people's rebuttal is, oh, you know, but, you know, all these other traditions of slavery, like, like, it's not just us. I think the most important thing to understand is the British, when they were doing this, were very clever in the way it was... Um, handled. And the the message or the marketing of what they were doing around the world was that they had to make people um, think this was okay. And the way they did that was to create these stereotypes and negative um, prejudices around black people to then justify doing it to them. So I think that's the first thing we need to understand that that is the system we live in today. It's built off creating negative image, um, negative um, beliefs about people who look a certain way. That's how the system was built, and that's why it, it, it was okay for things like the transatlantic slavery to happen. And then even after that, because this is the these are the little transitions that we didn't get. Where after that, the most of the Western European countries then colonised certain places of Africa. So it was almost like state-managed slavery in a way where resources were be still being sucked out of the country. I mean, um, I think the the main point, though, is the history needs to change. But the reason why it hasn't is because I believe it's rigged to be mm. the way it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think our school system... Every, like the educational system everything needs to sort of we need to address the ugly side as well as a positive side of British history mm. um and hopefully this movement is it, it will spear that and it will challenge a lot of that I'm hoping like create that dialogue for change um and yeah I mean in, now that lockdown's easing I hope that it's not something that just becomes like a a moment again and kind of fizzles out and you know people keep continuing to educate themselves if school's not educating you read up on it yourself like there's like so many books now the book by Rennie Edo-Lodge why I no longer talk to white people about race I haven't had a chance to read that yet but I've heard that that's really insightful gives you a little bit of an insight into the history of the slave trade. Um, and there's plenty there's loads there's lots of books right now that you can support and and also actually just thinking about how you can support the movement I was thinking about this the other day and you know when you think about the media and the entertainment industry they've kind of they've always been responsible for who they put in front of you as your main character who represents that main character but we now more than ever have this opportunity to to do that ourselves and to really curate what we see in front of us, you know, who you follow on YouTube, who you follow on Instagram, what, you know, things you watch on Netflix, you know, you can very much create that for yourself and you can, you can run with what you are given and, you know, choose to support the black businesses, Mm. the black owner, the black, um, uh, YouTubers and content creators. And I think a lot of people are starting to do that now. Um, And that is one way that we can all start to support the representation or the lack of representation and and move that forward. Mm. So that concludes part one of the episode with Dami. I hope that you found the episode interesting and gained a bit of insight into the subtle forms of racism that still exist in the UK and how we can address the guilt that we've all probably felt in the last few months and accept it as a tool for growth. Stay tuned for part two, which will be coming out next Monday. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.